How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Anyway, track and field time. You know how much I love our track and field. I just love, love, love it. And being an Olympic year, it's got just a little bit more importance. And our athletes are always making themselves available. And this time, it's our middle distance whiz, Samuel, Sam Tanner, live out of Papamoa. Sam, how did your summer treat you? Hey, Mark. No, good. Thanks for having me. Um, summer, summer's been great, mate. A lot better than last year so far. Yeah. Have you, have you been able to get out in the waves? Yeah. I was just telling you before, I got some, uh, got some waves this morning. Just a little quick 30-minute surf before a run. Um, so we'll get out into training soon, but it's nice to start the morning off right, eh? Yeah. What, what's, what's that region like for an athlete to live? Because I always remember the very first time I interviewed you, you said something like, I'm a surfer and a muso that happens to be quite good at running. So your environment seems to be quite important to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My coach always says, happy Sam is fast Sam. But um, this Pat Moore is actually, I don't want to speak too highly of it just in case everyone moves here, but <laughs> they seem to be doing that anyway. But um, it's a really awesome environment for training. You know, I've got 50 metres away of the Papamoa waterways um, and there's gravel tracks for me to train on, um, which is just soft surface, which is a runner's dream. And I can run, you know, 15 miles on it, 25K-ish, um, without even having to touch the road. So it's really a dream. Yeah, perfect, perfect. When when's your last? I know you raced last weekend as a pacemaker in the eight hundred meters. Actually, I want to touch on that first. You pulled out, at, I think at about the six hundred meter mark. Could you have kicked on? <laughs> a couple of people have asked me that, and uh, uh, I, I I don't know how I could have maybe for like another hundred meters. But <laughs> my job was to get James Preston to six hundred at one seventeen, and if I was to kick on. I would have had to pull wide and then tuck back in, but I was in a lot of pain at that point. My body was starting to rig pretty bad, so I was um, what, what, getting what they call booty lock. <laughs> you start to lean back and your body starts suffering. So um, I, I would have liked to try, but the coach just said, no, just call it quits at 600, and I was like, okay, cool. Because yeah, what what what's what is one seventeen of exertion compare like to a three-and-a-half-minute exertion? Oh, I don't know, similar, I guess. It's a lot easier mentally because you just have to pretty much sprint for a lap and then kick for 200 metres. But um, I think three and a half minutes is is just another level of brutal because you just have to, when you're tired, you keep your foot on it and then you get more fatigued and you have to accelerate more. And then you've got 400 metres to go and then you have to kick, you know, and it just keeps going. And so um, I think the, the, the further up the distance, probably the more pain you get. Um, in my experience, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I love both of them. How do you, we're at the start of 24 now, how do you reflect on your 2023 year? Um, 
oh, almost bittersweet, to be honest. It was a, a really amazing year in terms of experience. I got the, got the opportunity to race, I think, seven Diamond Leagues across the world, um, which was awesome with the best athletes in the world in the 1500, and, or actually all different disciplines. But, um, yeah, so then I also caught uh, which the, all that racing allowed me to qualify for the Dominic final, which was one of the big goals for us um, this season. And, you know, although I didn't hit the, probably the times that I would have liked, um, I still got a PB in the mile and got to surpass Nick Willis over the mile, which is pretty awesome. Um, and, you know, to come away into the season sitting number two in the mile and number two in the 1500 all time um, is pretty cool. So what, what, how do you approach a year? Like I'd imagine Olympic year is very different, which we're in this year, about planning your races. And we often hear from you athletes about tapering and peaking and all that sort of stuff. Is that, a, is that real mental gymnastics for you to get your timings right? <laughs> yeah, I think um, every athlete-coach relationship is different in that, uh, in that sense. So the mental gymnastics is... Uh, changes depending on how much how much input your coach has. Um, I'm I'm pretty lucky in the sense that Craig um, Kirkwood, my coach, takes over a lot of that stuff. So I just kind of have to, you know, sit back, relax, do the training, um, and then turn up on race day, and hopefully my body feels good. And um, he's been pretty good at, t- at peaking me properly um, so far. So hopefully it's the same this year when it comes to Paris. Because you can't peak every meet, can you? I mean, there's the Cooks down in Wanganui, which is a very famous, historical, meaningful event on the calendar. But we're not going to see Sam Tanner at the Cooks event in his uh, fast condition, I guess we could say, as opposed to what he's going to be at the Olympics. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably be in the very slow condition compared to me (laughs) and the Olympics, hopefully. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no. This weekend, I haven't. The um, one of the organise meet organisers has asked me for uh, like a specific pace, and I just said, "Hey, look, it's, it's, this this event for me is um, just about getting the national title. It's not about running super fast yet. Um, and so, what I'd like to achieve out of the meet is actually seeing how many other Kiwis can run sub four in the mile. So I was like, let's just do fifty nine second four hundred, which is pretty much bang on uh, sub four minute mile pace." Um, and then see if we can get you know five or six Kiwis under four minutes, which would be a kind of a cool um, thing for me to see as well as the community. Has, has in my eyes, and I've watched track and field since you before you were born, really, and I feel like the the science of it has changed quite a bit because in my eyes, I see you as a really like your your strength is sit and sprint and just gas you know just cook them over the last lap. But they it seems to be much more often now a higher pace from the get go. Yeah, yeah, that's one hundred percent true. Um, in some ways, I would have liked it to be you know back in the day sit and kick um, kind of finishing, but at the same time, you just have to be the fittest, fastest guy to win now, and so. You know, I spend a lot of time training with Hayden Wild and Julian Oakley, my training partners, and they're like 5K and triathlon kind of guys. So it, um, I think it benefits me uh, to be having those type of people around me. And so I think you've just got to make the most of, um, you know, however the race plays out, you've got to be fit and ready to go. As you say, you've competed at Worlds and Commonwealths and uh, Diamond League, a big, big season of Diamond League. Can you lift the lid a little bit for us on 
the characters or the interactions you have with the with the other athletes like this uh, Inga Britson, I think you say how we say his name. He seems a little bit of a different character, but we only see them on the track. Do, do you get to mix and mingle a little bit with them? <laughs> yeah, mate. What do you want to know? <laughs> we got all the stories. <laughs> okay, Inga Britson, like he's a freak. He, to me, he's a freak. Yeah, he's he's an animal. He um, I, I spoke to him after one of the Diamond Leagues at the end of um, 2022, actually, and he said to me like, "What, like, what are you doing after the, you know, the season?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm going, I'm going surfing and skating and snowboarding and all those sorts of fun things, fishing." And he's like, "Like, looks at me kind of confused, but puzzled." He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm, I'm like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> and he goes, "I, I don't win, I only run." He said, and then he said to me after this, he goes. I've almost run twice a day every day since I was twelve years old, and oh. and I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible to me. <laughs> but uh, you know, like, um, I kind of took the Mickey out of him a little bit and said, well, well can you catch a ball? <laughs> and then he kind of laughed and goes, yeah, of course. But um, yeah, it's a he's an interesting character. He's he's probably one of the most dedicated, serious dudes on the on the circuit. But um, you know, I'm probably one of the only dudes who goes up to him and talks to him. Um, probably me and one of, one of the other guys, Stuart McSwain from Australia. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. Oh, and I found out at the end of this year, he um, actually rides motorbikes, which blew me away because I was like, you seem so worried, like, so fearful of like getting injured. <laughs> Why do you ride a motorbike? <laughs> and he rides like, a super bike too. Oh my like God. a baby bike. <laughs> what, what about the Africans? I mean, we're always... Seeing the you know the Kenyans and the Ugandans and all that, they seem like mega de- dedicated. Yeah, that yeah yeah. I think for them it's their life and often their livelihood. Mm. Um, and so you know they they often um oh, I don't know they just, everything about them just screams like I'm prepared for this. I'm ready to hurt. Oh, this is you know my almost like my life's on the line, which is so cool. And you got to respect that so much because um, often they have family back home that they're trying to support through their running um and uh, you know they don't get paid very much in kenya or in africa so it's like if they can win a diamond league and get ten thousand us dollars that's huge you know Mm. so the cooks um so you've said you're you're hoping you get a lot of a lot of kiwis under the four minute mile how old were you your first sub four minute mile it was actually my first mile ever (laughs) for, for, for a while there i had a pretty good streak of I've never ever run any mile over sub four, <laughs> um, and so I was uh, I was eighteen years old. Wow! But that was your first ever mile. Yeah, first ever mile, eighteen years old, sub four, and uh, Rory Hunter from Australia um, beat me and kind of helped helped pull me through. Amazing! I one of my weird little things I like to do, and I do it all the time. I go to the New Zealand track and field. Uh, records like national records and and I put a little black mark to all the records that were set pre 2000 and I am amazed at how many there are there there is like the 400 meters the 800 meters the mile 2000 meters you don't generally run that but pole vault long jump decathlon um, the walking events that's just the men's so your two, the fifteen hundred and the mile. Uh, Nick Willis has got the fifteen hundred. That was in twenty fifteen. But the miles, nineteen eighty two by the great John Walker. Walker, yeah. Incredible, yeah, mate. He, uh, I. That's one of my biggest goals. I think is to um, break 
John Walker's mile record while he's still alive, so you can see it because I had the um, not that he's dying anytime soon, but you know, I got a couple of years to, to do it, and um, he I had the opportunity to meet him earlier on in 2023, um, which was pretty cool. I, I told him that it'd be kind of an honor for, for me, and hopefully, he'd like to see it go. Um, you know, so, such a yeah, great man, big, yeah. Yeah, it's 349.1. What are we, a year away? Yep. Yeah, it'll happen this year. I was in I was in, I was in shape to run it this year. I just didn't quite get in the right race. And then when I did get in the mile, um, I, yeah, I was, my body was starting to feel it. I was at the end of the season, so I was pretty tired. Mm. You do a lot of travel. I'm going to go a little bit um, sideways now. You do a little bit, a lot of travel, and... Um, jet lag hits everyone. A lot of people have been travelling over Christmas and New Year. They really struggle with jet lag. How do you recenter yourself and get yourself in a time zone with flying all over the world like you do? <laughs> yeah, this is a, a bit of a Santana Tiki special here. Yeah. I feel like jet lag just is what I've always said because I've I've been such a good sleeper on the plane that I'm like I feel like jet lag is just an excuse for people when they're tired. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you don't get lag, it's just tired. Um, but no, I, I do think that some flights are harder to adjust than others. And so I think for me, it comes down to, you know, selecting the right ones, um, which way around the world you fly or having a stopover somewhere if you need to. Um, I, I wish I could afford to fly business class everywhere, but I did fly business class um, once and it made a huge difference. So if you can afford to do that, then that's the That'll be the trick. Um, but for for an economy seater like me, I think you'd have to be uh, it's all about timing, um, and then like kind of assuming the time zone that you're going to be in, and preparing yourself to be as well adapted to that as you can. Mm. Now we know you love your surfing, but you also love your music. Have you got your own Spotify playlist that we can add to our Spotify? <laughs> oh. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready to share that with the world. I've got uh, I've got a playlist called Licorice All Sorts. Oh, um, nice! Just like, like the like the lollies, and the reason why it's called Licorice All Sorts is because it is literally that. It is all sort of genres, and so I don't know if people would like it, but <laughs> it's a uh, entertaining. No, what what is your favourite genre? If if you do have one or two, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I've got a favourite genre. I've got a couple of favourite artists. At, at the moment, it's been Justin Timberlake, um, like one of his, some of his old stuff. Um, so, oh, maybe like anything funky. I'm, yeah. I'm a sucker for some, some groove. <laughs> I think because that's me being a bassist. I love, um, I love a groove or a good, you know. How, good, how good's the bass guitarist on Brothers Johnson? I hope you know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Thunder thumbs. <laughs> And, and we also need a, a Netflix recommendation if you've got Netflix and you watch it. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I, I haven't been watching much Netflix because I was on my mum's account and <laughs> Netflix checked the rules about housing. <laughs> so I've been locked out of Netflix. Um, but, oh, we've been, oh, what have we been watching recently? I've been doing heaps of reading, so not not as much watching TV as oh, that's as, wholesome, like, but very wholesome. I'm oh, trying to at least. Um, one of the one of the books that I really enjoyed was called Wild at Heart, um, and essentially it's a, it's a I think it's a, I don't know if it's a Christian book or not, but it's a, um, 
a book written about like instinctual um, traits of men and how what we desire and what women want and things, and it's actually really really interesting. Nice. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's one of the things I've been reading. Nice. So you're working on your music, you're surfing, you're running, and in, in your mind, you're the complete human, Samuel Tanner. <laughs> oh, mate, stop it! <laughs> What's a good time for you in in Wanganui? What will you be happy with? Oh, I think um, maybe like three fifty six. I'd be pretty stoked with. Mm. It's nothing nothing fancy, but um, pretty. You know, it, it'll be enough for the weekend and just tick up, tick the box, and say, "Yep, good job." Yeah, nice. All right, Sam, big year for you, mate. Um, no doubt we'll be in touch before the Olympics as well. We wish you wish you all the very best this weekend, and as you build up to Paris, it's going to be a ripper. Cool, lad. Thanks, mate. Have a good one.